Today, we're joined by a very special guest. She's a fellow podcaster and a perfectionist coach. It's an absolute honor to welcome Sam Laura Brown. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you for Absolutely. coming on here. What you do, I, I have a lot of people in my life that are perfectionists. I totally am not. <laughs> I wish I was in a sense, but I, we have a lot of questions. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with a little bit about your background and how did you get into this particular field? Yeah, well, um, I started my business as a blog in 2013. At the time, I didn't know I was a perfectionist. I had an understanding of perfectionism that most people do, which is perfectionists are just those super organized people that manage to do everything perfectly. So I didn't realize that that was a mindset that I was in, even though throughout university, like I have a law degree and a finance degree throughout that whole schooling journey, a lot of perfectionism was going on for me, but I was doing really well. And so it wasn't a problem, but once I started my business and I was just chatting about personal development stuff that I found that I was really getting in my own way, that I felt like I had a motivation problem. That's how it kind of manifested to uh -huh. do the things that I know I needed to do. And I would post on my blog and then I'd edit it after it was posted. Another big thing that was really kind of an alarm bell to me that there was something going on was that I didn't want to tell anyone in my life about my blog. I felt so embarrassed about it that who did oh, I think I was no. to have an opinion about things and that especially personal development related, like I just found that world. And I really just felt like I couldn't share that with other people. And it also felt like that blog and what I was talking about felt so true to myself more so than anything I'd done study-wise or anything like that. So to fail at that felt like a much more painful thing than oh, failing no. at being an accountant or anything like that. So that's when I really started to realize that there was something going on mindset wise. And through the work of Brene Brown, for example, also Dr. Carol Dweck and learning about what perfectionism really is. And then um, beginning to talk about that as I was going through that journey and recognizing so many people are perfectionists and are getting in their own way and they don't even realize that it's perfectionism and that there are things you can do to get out of that mindset and into a growth mindset that as I started to share that journey and begin coaching and helping others with that, that now I am, I guess, pretty much a decade into really my journey with perfectionism and spending a lot of that time sharing that journey but I definitely didn't get into business even recognizing I was a, a perfectionist. So it's really evolved um, over the years. It's, you mentioned like, you know, uh, that you didn't even really, or you and I'm sure a lot of people when they're on that journey, they, don't, they didn't even realize what perfectionism is or that they are turning into perfectionists, right? So how do you, as a perfectionist coach, how do you define perfectionism? What is it? Yeah, I often mention, I love Brene Brown, um, shame and vulnerability researcher. A lot of people are familiar with her now after her incredible TED Talks. Um, but her definition is something that really helped piece things together for me that 
um, shame. So her quote um, is that perfectionism is really the belief that if I just look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid shame, judgment, and blame. So really perfectionism is a strategy to avoid shame and perfectionists aren't perfect people. Perfectionists are people who are ashamed they're not perfect. And we can go into the five signs of perfectionism and what that looks like. But for the most part, perfectionism tends to manifest as inaction. And it's more about doing instead of, you know, people think perfectionism is you do everything perfectly. A lot of times it's actually about avoiding doing anything imperfectly. Hence, a lot of perfectionists procrastinate. They feel very overwhelmed. They leave things until the last minute. Um, There's a lot of that going on because it's so vulnerable. It feels so vulnerable to give things a full effort because if you give something a full effort and it's not good enough, then we'd make that mean something about ourselves. So instead of giving a full effort, we leave things until the last minute. We're overwhelmed. We burn ourselves out, like all these different things so that we can always say, well, I would have done better if I didn't leave it to the last minute. So that is a really important piece of perfectionism. And for some perfectionists, it does manifest as being overprepared and all of those things. And for me, I have my times when I'm overprepared and that kind of thing. But a lot of times it's more like this half arsing and like maybe mm-hmm. having really vague goals or like, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow. It's so important to think like, oh, well, I identify with being a perfectionist and I don't have like this big kind of traumatic event. But a lot of times it can be like a comment from a teacher or like anything that our brain, exactly. especially as children, interprets as like... Mm-hmm thinking that we're inadequate. And then we decide like, I never want to feel this way again. And the best way to avoid that is if I just do everything perfectly and avoid imperfection. And then like that works in, in in childhood, like we need others to help us survive. And then we just kind of bring that mindset into adulthood because we don't actually realize it's going on. And so what I really help people with is recognizing that mindset, really knowing like perfectionism isn't toxic. Like I, it's so important. I think this is such an important piece of it that it's not this thing you have to like overcome or like this evil toxic thing. It's just a mindset. It's a set of beliefs. It served you at one point in time. And now in a lot of ways it's not. And so let's just work on getting into the growth mindset. But if we think that perfectionism is toxic or is like the enemy, then it's It's so hard to let go of it. And it's like a lot of people have this idea that, well, if my parents had been different or the teachers had been different, then I wouldn't have been triggered into this trauma that's made me a perfectionist because then we're kind of at the effect. It's like, oh, my brain just had a very human response to the situation I was in and it decided on a survival strategy that did effectively work at the time. And now it's not working for me now that I'm an adult and I can really take care of myself. And so that's the way I like to think about it because then it can really become blaming others instead of really taking ownership for like that's not to say that others haven't been at fault or that they you know did wrong by us but if we want to change then it's really important to like recognize perfectionism if I'm exhibiting those perfectionist tendencies today and getting my own way it's because of the thoughts I'm having today not the thoughts I had as an 11 year old and it might be that those thoughts I had as as an 11 year old are very familiar my brain is very skilled at thinking those thoughts and thinks them on default, but it's the thoughts I'm having today and we can change those thoughts and you don't have to change all your thoughts. Obviously we think a lot of thoughts all the time. Most of them are subconscious, but it's really about understanding that we can just change a couple of thoughts and we can be showing up differently and having a different relationship with ourselves. I'd love for you to get into like 
the five stages that you mentioned earlier. But before that, I did have a question on how do you decide like the difference between perfectionism and just that feeling of wanting to give something your best effort? And I think right parenting is a perfect example that you obviously want mm. to do your best or try to be the best parent you can. Right. But at yeah. the same time, so how do you know the difference that wait a minute now, now I'm being a perfectionist. This is not possible. I should kind of stop right there. So what's the difference and where's that line cross? Yeah, it's really about less so the actions and more so what's fueling it. So when it's being fueled by inadequacy or like thinking, like a lot of us will experience it as like feeling like we need to control things, um, that that is when it's that perfectionist tendencies and it doesn't result in the best outcome for anyone involved, but often it can, the actions can look the same as when someone is in the growth mindset, which is a term I've mentioned a few times and we can go into what that is. I think it's really important. Um, but when we're being growth minded about something, it doesn't just mean, you know, I'm growth minded because I love personal development books. I originally thought that when I first heard about it, it's really when you were growth minded, you are willing to practice and to like, you see, for example, with parenting, you see it as a skill. And I work with entrepreneurs, like you see business as a skill rather than something that you should naturally be able to do perfectly from day one. So when you can see parenting as a skill and be like leaned in, in this really curious, inquisitive, vulnerable, open, courageous way, that's when we are actually going to have the best outcomes for everyone involved. But when we're being a perfectionist about it, it's when we are taking actions and they might be the same actions. It might look the same from the outside, but when we're doing that from a place of inadequacy um, and our own insecurities that we have um, and trying to control and like overprepared or like leaving things until the last minute and that kind of thing, that that is when we're actually not able to do the best job that we can because as well, then it's like, you know, if something happens with a child, then we make that mean something about us and it becomes like this whole thing just it doesn't result in the best outcomes. And I think for a lot of perfectionists, a big part of learning to, like I refer to it as your perfectionism handbrake, learning to release that is really recognizing that the success that you've had is despite the perfectionism, not because of it, because a lot of times we associate those perfectionist tendencies, like a lot of perfectionists are very successful and particularly around schooling and that kind of thing that you can leave things until the last minute and get the A+. And so it's recognizing not that there's something wrong with being a perfectionist, as I mentioned, and like we need to fix it, but it's also like not giving credit to the perfectionism because it actually isn't that that has helped you achieve what you have, or you would have been able to achieve more without being in that perfectionist mindset. Um, and so it's, it's really about being in the growth mindset. And that's when we are ambitiously pursuing the goals that we have without doing it at our own expense, without doing it from a place of insecurity um, and without pressure and stress. I uh, do get into that, the growth mindset and tips and, you know, advice that you you uh, give to your clients and on your yeah, podcast. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, my podcast, The Perfectionism Project, I won't have time to go into a lot of uh, detail in this interview, um, but just to quickly touch as well on the five signs of perfectionism is overwhelm, procrastination, burnouts, fear of judgment, all or nothing thinking. So those are all ways, like all strategies that we have to avoid giving a full effort and therefore avoid feeling shame. And the irony of it all is that perfectionists really shame themselves a lot. And it's like a really big part of 
getting into that growth mindset along that journey, you learn how to actually be compassionate with yourself in a way that helps you achieve more, not less. Because as you mentioned with that question before, we often think like, well, if I'm being kind to myself, like how do I balance that with like, I actually want to achieve things and I help entrepreneurs with perfectionism. And so a lot of times in business, it's really like, but like I have these big goals and like, like how do I actually do that and so it's really about having a relationship with yourself where you're able to be more productive as a result of that not less productive it's not like kindness and low levels of productivity and then like beat yourself up in high levels of productivity it's actually when we're beating ourselves up that we're letting ourselves off the hook and often like spending so much time in all this drama about how inadequate we are that we're like you might have a long to do list and then you don't even know where to start when the time comes and you just procrastinate so we can go so into the growth mindset. Realize, yeah. yeah. When did you realize you were a perfectionist? I mentioned at the beginning when I was starting my blog and it, for me, it manifested as a, like, I just thought I had this big motivation problem that I wish I could like just stay motivated. And I was trying to solve for a motivation problem and I got nowhere with that because it, it wasn't a motivation problem. And while like when we're in that perfectionist mindset, it can manifest as like, we're doing things that look like we're not motivated, like being inconsistent and stopping and starting um, that like all or nothing mindset. But it was really when I noticed through the business and business is such a powerful tool for personal development that I noticed like, oh, I'm really getting in my own way. Like I know what I need to do and I'm just not doing it. And I've been able to achieve a lot in school. And like, why am I struggling now with business to actually put myself out there and confidently talk about what I'm doing And then I was learning through like Brene Brown and I mentioned um, Dr. Carol Dweck, who talks about the growth mindset. Like I really started to piece together what perfectionism actually is. And that's why I'm so passionate to talk about it because like there's so much around perfectionism that's like, just remember nobody's perfect. And it's like, yeah, I know. And I still find myself like wanting to perfect things or avoid imperfections. So like, what do I actually do about it? Like all those little mantras, they sound nice, but so much is still to this day about perfectionism is like, just remember perfection isn't a thing. Fuck perfectionism and like fuck things being perfect. It's like, yeah, I get it intellectually. And it's like, it's very overbearing to be thinking that way. But like, what are the practical things that I actually do to be able to show up fully without needing to overthink and second guess everything? So that's really where the growth mindset comes into things. And so the growth mindset, and this is from Dr. Carol Dweck that she talks about the growth mindset and the perfectionist are in the fixed mindset. When we're in the growth mindset, we really see our talents, our abilities, our intelligence as being able to be improved upon with effort and practice. So when we're in the growth mindset, we actually live by that mantra that it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. When we're in the perfectionist mindset, we understand that. Like you hear people talking about, for example, with business, you know, a successful business is built on a pile of failures and yet we try so hard to avoid failure. And often we avoid failure by not even trying. And we live by that mantra that it's better to not try than it is to fail. And often that manifests is like waiting for the perfect time, needing to have all of your ducks in a row and all of that kind of thing that are just excuses not to start so that we don't fail and feel the shame of failing. It's not fear of failure. I think as well with perfectionism, people talk about, oh, it's fear of failure or fear of judgment. And I thought that for a while. And it's actually fear of shame, which are the feelings that we would feel if we were a failure and if we were rejected. And also for a success, 
because a lot of times we're scared of being successful because we might be rejected from our inner circle um, or from the community at large if we're too successful. And so it's really recognizing that when we are in that perfectionist mindset, that is when we're believing that effort is a sign of inadequacy. Like this is when we're in the mindset of like, I don't want to waste any effort on the wrong thing. So I'm just going to do the smart thing and, and figure out the best idea from the beginning and implement that. And we see that our talents, our abilities, our intelligence, that they are fixed and like can be improved upon a bit. But for the most part, they're like, they are what they are, what we naturally are gifted with. And therefore everything we do, we see it as evidence of whether or not we're good enough. And for example, with schooling, this looks like doing the subjects where you know you're going to get the A instead of doing the one you really want to do where you might not actually do well. So when we're getting into the growth mindset, I can go into the, like the practical steps to do that. But um, it's really important to recognize like we're not trying to not be a perfectionist because like that doesn't work. It's about working on getting to the growth mindset and there's a spectrum. So a lot of perfectionists are already very growth minded, maybe in a hobby, maybe in relationships where you really believe like relationships are something that need to be developed. And like, it's not this natural thing. Like you have to actually work in a relationship. Like we all have areas where we're growth minded and the people I help, they were praised for being smart and intelligent in school and that kind of thing. And it's, there have been studies that show you it's, you can frame things in a certain way to put someone more towards the perfectionist end of the spectrum than the growth mindset end. And so what I help people with is like framing their life and their business and and using um, particularly planning to do that so that you are, it's easier to be growth minded and you can also see where you're not being growth minded and do that work. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, you mentioned like some of the practical stuff. And that's something that we on this podcast, we try to focus on a lot. Because it's like you said, and I completely I love that you brought this point up is there's so Mm -hmm. many quotes from experts and so many which are nice to hear. And I'm not saying they're they're bad. They are nice quotes to hear from motivational speakers and things like that. But I always feel that more often than not, we always lose out on the practical side of that side of that okay that's sure it's positive it's good to hear it's good to hear positive things but now what now what do we do with it exactly. how do we implement it right yeah so yeah, i love but- you mentioned that and can you yeah, get into that like a little few of the practical things and how to get started on that journey of of not letting perfectionism get in your way Yeah. So I, for anyone who's interested in this, I really recommend going to listen to my podcast because I have a lot of helpful episodes that really dive into practical stuff. Yeah. But I'll just cover um, really the, the main steps that I have my clients and I personally um, am implementing these. And it's really, so when it comes to the growth mindset, there are different things that we can do to help with that. Things like process praise, we are really encouraging ourselves like, for the effort that we're putting in and being courageous instead of like, oh, did you get the A or not? Did you make the money or not? Like we often think in this, like, well, it was worth it if I got the end result. And if I didn't get the result, then it was a waste of effort. So things like process praise, but what I found is that like, it's nice to know those different ideas, but to really have a process for embodying that. And particularly with business, it's, as I mentioned, like, for a lot of perfectionists, it's, you can do well in school and all of that, but it's when you're doing your own thing and you're the boss 
And also it feels like you're doing something that really feels like you and true to you, that it brings up those perfectionist tendencies. And so the process that my clients go through and that I teach in my program, and I also teach on the podcast as well, is to plan properly as a perfectionist, follow through 80% of the time, rest without guilt. So I call that clean rest and to repeat that. And when we are doing that, that gets us into the growth mindset just by the nature of doing those things. And also we're able to then see when our perfectionism handbrake is on and do the work that we need to, to release that. A lot of perfectionists, we love to-do lists and the long to-do lists. And that really has us actually been like, it sets us up to be in the perfectionist mindset and it gets our perfectionist mindset working against us instead of for us. So when you're able to actually plan properly and that looks like planning from your calendar in a specific way. And I can go through a bit about what that looks like. And again, for anyone who's interested, go and listen to my podcast because I go into it there. But um, you can really set yourself up to be in a growth mindset and then easily notice when you're not in it. I call it power planning. And there are three steps when you're planning properly. So you also have a a growth goal. I won't go into that, but um, that's a, a goal. And I, as I mentioned, I help entrepreneurs. So we have a revenue goal that's set above what we believe is possible. It's not that it's impossible, but our brain, because of the perfectionism and thinking that we're inadequate, our brain thinks like, well, others could do that, but not me. Um, and there's so many reasons for setting goals that way. As I mentioned, a lot of times perfectionists are like, well, I'm so stressed when I have a goal with a deadline. So my growth is just to not have the goal and to let it go. And really that's kind of just the same thing is like we're perpetuating this mentality that like I need to be able to get to that goal and that deadline. And if I can't, then it's a waste of effort. So instead we have this growth goal and then we use power planning and clean rest to pursue it. So with that, there are three steps. So it's your power hour, little tweaks and your weekly review. So in your power hour, I use iCal, um, other people in my program, which is called Perfectionist Getting Shit Done, use Google Calendar, but one of the two. And also I want to mention this isn't time blocking because a lot of perfectionists are like, I've tried the calendar thing. I just fell behind. It was so stressful. It's just because you're actually following plenty of advice that doesn't work for a perfectionist. It's not the calendar. So what we do is we identify our needle movers based on our goal that we have. So those are the things that will actually move the business forward. And when it comes to that as well, it's really important to know that having the goal helps us figure out what's important and what's not. A lot of times we're like, I don't have this goal. It's too stressful. Or we have like 20 goals. And so it's really hard to figure out what's important and what isn't. And then we can't trust ourselves to actually be doing what matters in the time we have to get work done. And so we feel like we need more time because we can't trust ourselves that we're using our time wisely. Um, Whereas what I teach is really the opposite of that in a lot of ways. So we identify our need of movies, we put them in the calendar. And what a really important distinction here is when you're putting them in your calendar, you are first scheduling your commitments that you have. So like stuff with your family, workouts, whatever. Then you're scheduling clean rest. This is time. So if you have a business, this is time when you're not allowed to work on your business. If you are studying, this is time when you're not allowed to study. This is time that you're not allowed. Like perfectionists want to be productive 24-7. But when we try to be productive 24-7, we feel guilty and then we just waste time. So instead, you first of all, schedule, this is the time that I'm not allowed to work on my business in my case. And that doesn't mean that I won't do like productive things in that time or that guilt won't sometimes come into it, but it's about that rest being as clean as possible. And then it means that after you've scheduled that, then you schedule in the remaining time, your needle moving tasks. So for me, that's business tasks. 
And instead of what we often do is like, okay, I have this long to-do list. If I'm working from a calendar, I'm going to take that long to-do list and try and like shove it in there. I'm going to start my day at 5am, finish at 10pm, no lunch break, everything. We're like estimating about half the time that's really needed and it doesn't work. And it's just because the planning advice, that kind of way doesn't work for a perfectionist. So it's really knowing that if you have that clean rest and then you, instead of like resting in the time that's left over and for anyone who is like, you know, I just love what I do. And, or I just like, I love feeling like everything's done and I rest better when everything's done. The reason you're not getting everything done and resting is because you're not resting. And so it's really important to have that rest go in first and then have the needle movers. And then the final step in that hour where you're planning out your week is to commit. And we look at like workability and um, contingency plans. And like a lot of times we just get the calendar. I'm like, that looks pretty okay, off to do my week. And it's really like, no, actually like let's mentally zoom into like Thursday. If today was Thursday and that was on my plate, how would I feel? Oh, I'd feel really overwhelmed because I haven't given myself a lunch break or I'm like expecting myself that when I get home from summer, I'm going to like jump straight into work to be like actually making those plans. And we have buffer time and things like that because the second step is little tweaks. So what we do instead of like, for example, with time blocking, nothing against that. But like when I used to do that, that, the calendar was like what it was was what it was. And so as I went about the week, I would just fall behind. And then with that all or nothing thinking, I just abandoned the whole thing. So, and then like wait till Monday when I was more motivated. And so it's really about like constantly updating it as you go and using your calendar as your to-do list and then making those little tweaks. So sometimes things take longer than you allowed for. Sometimes they're quicker. We plan for um, outcomes rather than activities. So we are actually putting like the results of the time rather than like, you know, work on Instagram strategy or like study this or whatever it is. It's the result of that. So that our brain can actually see there might be a better way to do it or a quicker way. And we're not always having to like be attached to the, like our brain often wants to do it the complicated way. And so this allows for us during the week to be like, Oh, actually I completely overestimated that, or I could delegate that or things like that. So make these little tweaks. I like to put a little check mark emoji in my calendar um, and like, I'm, I'm never behind because I'm constantly just updating it and keeping it workable. And if I need to move things into buffer time or until the next week, I can do that. And then it means when I'm doing my weekly yeah. review at the end of the week, which is the third step. And this is so important because perfectionists often like, you know, kind of don't want to look at anything because like, I don't want to actually see that I, I got nothing done because I feel completely unproductive. And so when we're oh, planning this, uh, we become yeah. more productive, but also a huge part of this and relating this all back to the growth mindset, like all of this helps us to get into a growth mindset is that praising ourselves for the, the progress we're making and not just like the end result, especially like business, but pretty much anything that week to week, you're probably not going to feel like a lot of change is happening. It is, but we're not going to really notice it. And our perfectionist brain wants to look at everything we didn't get done. And so instead, like in that weekly review, we objectively look at the week And we can see like, oh, I actually did get stuff done. And also what isn't working? Like, what do I need to change? And not in this, like, I'm completely inadequate and this whole week was a wash. And like, I'm just going to try again, but really being specific about like, oh, actually it didn't work when, you know, I I planned to start my day at 5 a.m. And I woke up at 7 a.m. and I started at 8. And actually next week I might just plan to start at 8 a.m. It's like, do you yeah. teach him other skills like CBT and no. uh, meditation and stuff like that? Before I don't like, personally teach. 
CBT or okay. meditation. We do like self-coaching okay. and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and there's a lot of um, people in my program, clients that I work with that they have all like, there'll be people who mm-hmm. like a lot of um, my clients also do therapy and like all these different things as well. And so it's really like this, is very supportive of all of that and integrates with like other modalities and other practices. It's not like you do this or you're in therapy or you're meditating. Or it's like, it really compounds it. And yeah. as well, like um, the people that I help do a lot of procrastinate learning and like love learning things and then find that they're not really implementing what they're learning. And so it's really like having this as well that helps you implement like for the people I work with, if they've done marketing programs or like personal development programs, instead of just like, learning it or like you know reading books and then you just kind of that was inspiring and move on to the next Mm -hmm. one that was inspiring and move on to the next one it's like actually having a process for taking what you're learning and putting it into practice and going back to your question like the same with um, other modalities or other ways to support yourself with your perfectionism and, and with your mental health as well that they're really supportive um and yeah we have a lot of um clients in my program who are in therapy and doing other things like that as well Well, i think what you teach is fascinating well yeah yeah i think so too because it's important sometimes to have that practical side like you know we keep coming back to that but i think it's only because that's so important to know out yeah. there that everything is like, you know, a, a combination of practical and psychological. It's never just one thing. It's never, it's a combination of utilizing the best of both, right? Cause you, and I think, yeah, you need yeah like I'm such a big believer too. And it's, it's when we're doing the practical that we see the psychological, like that when we are actually yeah. in action, that we're able to witness how our brain is thinking and make those changes. And yeah. so that's why yeah. it's really focused around like, like it's and it's so, it works so well because you it's not like okay well I'm just gonna like put my life on hold for a year and like figure myself out it's like actually continuing yeah. to show up is one of the best ways and it's yeah. not to say that's always the best case and and it, obviously there's nuance to that but a lot of times we want to just like go into hiding for a year and like figure ourselves out and like reemerge as this like perfect person and it's instead recognizing that taking action and then having a way to review it and like we coach people in my program and you know they get support and all of that kind of thing that you can then say like oh this is going on for me and I, I have noticed this because of the way I'm approaching my weekend I can actually see myself better and understand myself better and now I can actually take this to a coaching session or I can take this to my therapist or things like that that when we're just wanting to really focus on just the psychological and just the mindset side and we're not actually taking action at the same time it becomes often an yeah. intellectual pursuit to improve our mental health instead of being something that we actually get to experience and live and embody. And so I, I'm very passionate about obviously time and place and it definitely depends on circumstances, but a lot of times it's so important to continue taking action, to learn how to do that in a way that really actually supports you. You're not like doing that to hustle or using it against yourself or like beating yourself up and like all of that kind of thing. But the, the taking action, like for me, the business stuff and trying to take action that, that revealed to me what my brain was doing. And if I hadn't been doing those things, I like that mindset would have just gone completely undetected and would still be running my life in so many ways, but I wouldn't have noticed because I wasn't doing the practical stuff. I wasn't doing things, but was just able to kind of sit there dormant and I could have, you know, I was learning about things intellectually, but it wasn't until I was actually out in the world doing stuff and putting myself out there and trying to give things a full effort that I've really been able to 
get into that growth mindset and I'm still on that journey myself, but really make a lot of progress with my perfectionism just from recognizing like the psychological and the mindset stuff. The best way to work on that is often to be doing the practical stuff because that's what allows you to see it and therefore do the work on it. Well, I love that part that you said about beating yourself up, you know, and I love that part because it's true. I mean, you know, you'll sit there and beat yourself up and, and that does nothing. So when you actually get up and do the work, there you go. Change your mindset. Right. Yeah. Like we think that, if we just, you know, we beat ourselves up, like if I just do it a little bit hard, if I'm just a little bit more cruel to myself, maybe I'll be motivated enough to actually do the thing. And and I know for me, like I used to really operate like that. And it felt very scary to think that I could actually have a loving, caring relationship with myself and get more stuff done and like achieve more of my goals. And it just felt like, how could that be true? Because won't I just get complacent and just kind of go with the flow and not actually do anything? And the opposite is true. And I think we can actually see that this is the case when we think about a friend, if they aren't yeah. doing stuff that Sam, they want to do, Neil. we don't beat them up. Sam, Pardon? meet my yeah. friend, Neil. This is the perfectionist. I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, a lot of humans beat themselves up and a very like, we're often the most critical person of ourselves. And so it's like, and it's a process. I'm not saying I I never do that, but I used, it used to just be the way I operated. And now like there's, and different things, like instead of saying I should have, I say next time I will. And it's like just little things like that, that can really have you, you keep yourself the most accountable when you're kind to yourself. And as I was saying, like when it's a friend that if they aren't being productive, we're not like, oh yeah, it's because you're not good enough. And like, just like it, Often that doesn't work and like shaming someone into being more productive or like doing the things they want to do doesn't tend to result well. And we can see that so clearly when it's other people. And that's why with others, we're really encouraging and supportive, but like, oh, no, but for myself, I just get lazy and complacent if I did that to myself. And so it's recognizing like, it's the same psychology as if it's a friend that when we feel supported, and that doesn't mean sometimes we don't say to a friend, like, come on, let's go, like get out of the pity party and let's just do the thing. Like there will definitely be times where when you're supporting your friend the best that you have a bit of real talk, but it's not with this flavor of shame of like, yeah, because you're not good enough. And like, this was like, here you go again, classic you. Like it's just really recognizing that the way we talk to ourselves has such an impact. And and what I teach, it really helps you to develop self-trust in that relationship with yourself that you can actually feel comfortable being with yourself and not like you're this uh, like slave driver that's basically just trying to get you to be more and more and more and more productive but that's never good enough because there's always more to do so it's a huge part of it and just seeing that like when you're beating yourself up you are letting yourself off the hook like we are then indulging in self-pity and we're spending there's so much drama around that that actually if you want to keep yourself accountable and you've been saying, I want to, I, I am, you know, harsh on myself because I, I don't want to let myself off the hook to recognize it is when you are being compassionate to yourself. And I know for perfectionists, we're like, yeah, yeah. But when you are actually talking to yourself and the cliche thing, as you would a friend, and that doesn't feel weird, like you practice that enough that your brain just starts to default to actually supporting yourself. It's such a, a, a different way to live. And it's so 
it's like night and day, but it's really important to just recognize that when we're beating ourselves up, we are letting ourselves off the hook. And um, that's one of the ways that we like yeah. avoid putting in a full effort. So that if you want to keep yourself accountable, the best way to do that is to yes, give yourself real talk and all of that, but not without the shame and, and sorry, without the shame and without the pity party. I, I know another thing that you talk about on your podcast and other podcasts as well as procrastination. So I'll just ask one question on that for now, because we're running out sure. of time, but can you just burst the myth, burst the myth, easy for me to say, that procrastination <laughs> is not laziness. As you mentioned, it can be yeah. that an element yeah. of perfectionism because I have had to, oh my God, I'm like habitual procrastinator, but I swear it's not lazy. It is that fear of, oh my God, if I try to do it and I'm going to screw oh, up, yeah. then it's going to oh, be yeah. worse. So I don't want to screw up right now. So I'll put it off. But it's, so just burst that myth for anyone who's listening and I'll show this to my friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I mean, you know, there's maybe there's people where it is laziness for them, but I think like anyone who can resonate, I think with this conversation, if you're listening to this kind of podcast and you're like, I don't know, an hour into it, you're not a lazy person and you are someone who wants to improve yourself. And it's so important. We know we're not fixing ourselves and it's, we're just doing this because we want to, not because we have to, but um, that when it comes to this question of procrastination, particularly leaving things to the last minute, that's how it often manifests, as I've mentioned, but when we're doing that, it's just because it feels vulnerable to put in a full effort and to find out that maybe our full effort wasn't good enough, especially if, and I don't know if, if now you can relate to this, but being praised for your potential, particularly in school, this happens because you don't yet have to like do anything with it because you're learning. So it's like, oh my goodness, you have so much potential. You're so intelligent, all this kind of stuff. And then we go into this like protecting oh our potential goodness. mode instead of pursuing it because we have a self-image and identity around being someone who's smart and being someone with potential and we don't want to do anything that might disrupt that because it would be very painful and shameful by thinking about it in that perfectionist way so then what happens is that it this procrastination problem and I, I think like there's I mean I could obviously go into this a lot but there's so much procrastination advice out there that Love just it. really isn't helpful and it sounds good it's like you know block the internet and like delete the Instagram app and all that kind of thing which actually just perpetuates a self-image that we are a procrastinator with a procrastination problem because if you weren't a procrastinator you wouldn't yeah. need to delete the app you wouldn't need to block the internet because you just know how to do what needs to be done yeah. so I don't agree with that advice I think that like it can create temporary results, but oftentimes when people do that, they find like after a few days of like willing themselves not to procrastinate, they're right back into it. And it's because that advice that doesn't work for perfectionists has just reinforced this self-image that you're a procrastinator. So in PGSD, my program, we work on like self-image and that kind of thing as well. And it's so important for procrastination to recognize that you aren't someone who always procrastinates. Like we tend to just like, I have this like big, I'm the world's best procrastinator, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, actually there's a lot of things you don't procrastinate on that we completely ignore when we're in that mindset. Um, and also just recognizing that it is just, it feels scary to give it a full effort. And so we wait for perfect circumstances. We wait to be perfectly motivated. Um, and as I mentioned, a lot of times we're also avoiding success. Like we, like, we are capable, we are able to do things and it feels vulnerable that we might succeed more than those around us or that we might succeed and not be able to maintain it. So we kind of just hold ourselves back because it feels like, well, I don't know what life would be like if I was actually successful. And also a lot, like particularly with procrastination, 
most people are procrastinators. And so it's like this bonding thing of like, well, yeah, I procrastinate too. And so it's kind of weird like to be like, no, I don't procrastinate. I just do things that need to be done when they need to be done. And it's like when everyone's getting to bond over their procrastination issues and being disorganized, you're like, oh no, I actually just do the thing. And not in this like overprepared way coming from insecurity, but like, no, I just like manage my mind around it and this thing needs to be done and I just get it done. Like it, it we're disconnected from the rest of the, the tribe, so to speak, when we're doing that. So there's lots of psychological reasons for why we procrastinate. And for anyone listening to this podcast, I can bet it's not anything to do with laziness. It's really to do with it feeling vulnerable to put in a full effort or to think about wasting effort. Um, And so we then just, and also a whole other thing is like this addiction to feeling behind um, that we get so comfortable feeling overwhelmed. Like I talk about overwhelm as being the emotional home for perfectionists and being behind in that like, a lot of people experience this where life feels when it feels too good to be true. There's this fear of the other shoe dropping. Brene Brown calls it foreboding joy that it's this feeling of like, you know, if, if every area of my life's going well, like someone's going to, you know, be in a car crash or like it just, it's this like terrifying feeling as a human, like things are so good. So now something bad's going to happen. And a lot of us have been like, taught that in different ways of like, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And like, you know, bad things come into it, like all these kinds of things that just are not helpful at all. But because of that, we end up with this like addiction to feeling behind what, which is why we put so much on our plates and all of that kind of thing that it feels comfortable to be behind and to be struggling and like more comfortable than it does to be succeeding and um, all of that kind of thing. So there's just a lot that goes into it. And it's, it's really recognizing like, the theme of this, I guess, is like your motivation problem is actually just perfectionism. And that's not a problem. Um, it's really like, I like to talk about your follow through problem is just a planning problem. And you're just not following advice that actually works for a perfectionist. And that relates back to procrastination as well. Um, that when you are actually planning properly, that you are, it's not about like zero procrastination is not the goal. So it's not about like, you never have to, you should never procrastinate again, but it's actually being able to understand how your brain works, how you work and like noticing procrastination, because this is a whole other thing. Productive procrastination is a big thing. Perfectionists do. So like procrastinate cleaning, I mentioned procrastinate learning. Um, Like we like feeling productive. So it could look like, you know, Netflix, whatever. It tends to more so be like working on the things that aren't that important, but they still need to be done instead of doing the actual needle movers. Um, so yeah, I obviously have a lot to yeah. say about procrastination, but I hope that has been helpful. So please tell our audience about your podcast and where they can find it and where they can find you and your website and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So the best place to find me would be the podcast. If you're listening to this um, and you are a podcast listener, it's called The Perfectionism Project. So you can just search for that wherever you're listening and it'll pop up. And I recommend, I just want to say this. Start with the recent episodes, perfectionists, like I need to do it from scratch and like go back to the beginning. And I just want to encourage everyone to instead listen from the more recent ones. You can go back at some point if you want to, but just, you know, see a title that jumps out at you and start listening just on the go. You don't have to take notes or like study it. Just like trust you'll get what you need to get. Um, On Instagram, I'm at perfectionism project. And if you want to find out more guys. Thank you. And if people want to find out yeah. more about my program and become a client, samlaurabrown.com slash PGSD, we'll link it up in the show notes, I'm sure, is where they can find out more about that and when we next yes. open. And as I mentioned, I help perfectionist entrepreneurs get out of their own way. So any kind of business, if you're an artist, a writer, if you have an e-commerce business, you're a coach like me, I can help you get out of your own way. 
Sam. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so we'll much you for soon. doing this. Yeah. Yes, I'd love to do okay. that too. All right. Okay, kiddo. All Have right. a good day. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and a huge thank you to Sam Laura Brown for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at all the links listed in the description. And don't forget to hit like on this video and subscribe to this channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you, everyone, once again, and we will see you right here next week at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have a nice day.